Hi, this is Keith, and welcome to Klosmer Podcast 107 for September 20th, 2013. The website is klosmerpodcast.com, and you can write to me at keith at klosmerpodcast.com. You can also find me on Facebook, Twitter, MySpace, Spotify, and last.fm at username klosmerpodcast. My guest on this episode of the podcast is Nicole Borger, a vocalist with the group Klezmer 4, based in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Nicole is also very involved in the Jewish community in Sao Paulo. Besides her band, she's involved with the cultural programming at the Hebraic Center, also involved with the Brazilian Jewish Music Institute, as well as being director of the Klezdafel Jewish Music uh, Festival held each September. So here now is my interview with Nicole Borger. This was recorded on April 28, 2013. Hi, this is Keith with Klosmer Podcast, and uh, we're visiting Sao Paulo, Brazil for the first time, and visiting with uh, Nicole Borger. Nicole, welcome to uh, Klosmer Podcast. Thank you, Keith. It's a pleasure. I wish I knew how to say well, welcome in, in uh, Portuguese, but I, I haven't learned that part yet. Bem-vindo. <laughs> Bem-vindo. Bem-vindo. Okay, bem-vindo uh, Klesmer, do Klesmer Podcast. Klesmer Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you have uh, your group uh, Klesmer 4. Yes. And you uh, have been singing before, but taken some time away and then come back to the singing and formed your group. So tell me how you uh, found everybody to be in your group. Well, long stories. <laughs> I really, I uh, sang, uh, I knew that singing was my thing in life since I was a kid. But of course, my parents wanted me to have a profession. Uh, they didn't consider music a real profession. Uh, and they insisted I did something else. So I went into law school. And but I still sang then in those days and and especially during university and so forth. Then got married, had children, and you know how it is. You sort of drop uh, whatever is not very important. Children become priority number one. Career becomes priority number two. And then finally, after the kids had grown a little bit, uh, I went back to music to singing with the non professional choir then uh, but the the will and the wish to do more prevailed and I started to do my own um, songwriting writing my own songs um, which then later became uh, CDs um, and then finally and then as I was telling you I started out with Jewish music in my life when I was about 15, went into uh, Ladino songs, from Ladino songs to South American songs, because those were protest songs in the 70s, and then uh, into U.S. jazz, um, into some other uh, music like Fados, which is like my mother's uh, songs, my mother's Portuguese, 
Then I stopped for a few years. When I came back to singing, I went into classical music, uh, and I sang Bach, and I sang uh, <laughs> other uh, more uh, classical work. Then I came to this um, uh, authorial path, and finally I'm sort of... A, Closing this cycle, coming back to Jewish music. This was in 2007, 2008, uh, when we started the Klezmer Four. Um, the Klezmer Four has had uh, a series of different musicians, as you know, because musicians come and go. Uh, but we're doing it, and we started to do this festival, the festival, uh, the klezmer, which started out to be a klezmer festival, but now it's a Jewish music festival, open to var various genres of uh, genres of uh, Jewish music, um, and uh, this is going to be our fourth year. So. This is how it is. It's like going in a circle, doing all kinds of works, uh, and then finally recognizing that Jewish music is the most comfortable and the, the, the most interesting place of all. Right. So um, and we just uh, got to watch the show from uh, Claudio Goldman, and uh, it's interesting how the Jewish music has translated to uh, incorporate the Brazilian uh, rhythms and the Brazilian sounds, uh, even hearing the uh, Hebrew songs uh, sung in, in Portuguese. You know, it, it's it's very interesting how that's been incorporated in, into the, the culture here. I guess this is a trend that's happening all over the world, isn't it? Uh, you see uh, people in Japan singing Jewish music with Japanese flavor, and you see Canadians singing uh, um, Jewish music with Canadian uh, arrangements and uh, with a Canadian feel. And it's very interesting. I think that's the, that's really the, the interesting thing of Jewish music. Jewish music can be very, very uh, changeable, very chameleon uh, yeah. in that way. Yeah. And, I, and I think that's the beauty of it. <laughs> yeah, because it really transcends the language, you know, the cult, it, it can be brought to all the cultures wherever the Jews went. They take the culture, but they, they take a little bit of the, you know, the, the core uh, with them. With them. And, yeah. and, and these geographic um, uh, different uh, influences, uh, it's like bringing it to you, chewing it, and then <laughs> giving it back in a different way, altered, but... Uh, but in a very uh, palatable way, it's. Uh, I think it's uh, it's incredible. It's very very nice. I don't know of other cultures that have been doing that. I don't know. Of course, you see African music turning into Cuban, Cuban turning into something else. Uh, maybe I'm r wrong. Maybe it's in every culture this is going on. It's the interchange, the exchange. The good thing is that you see that uh, wor the world could be nicer if people would really get the best out of the differences and yeah. and turn it back into as a good thing and not as a bad thing. Respect the differences. And so what, uh, 
types of music are on your uh, your Klezmer CD? Have you incorporated some of the Brazilian uh, influences uh, on in your Klezmer music as well, or uh, is it pretty uh, straightforward? Uh, Jewish music? No, uh, well, it's an authoral CD as well. Uh, it's mostly my songs. Um, not mostly, no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't have it in front of me now. I don't remember how many of my own songs are yeah. in there or not. But uh, you will certainly notice that there is a bit of everything. There's There are some songs in Ladino, there's some songs in. Um, in Yiddish, some in Hebrew, um, but uh, s- some of them are my melodies, and uh, using either um, uh, uh, how do you say prayers in Hebrew or Ladino. V- uh, there, there's one song that I just remember uh, that I remember that it's in that CD called Tres Lagrimas. It's three tears. It's a poem written by uh, Moshe David Gaon, who's a poet from the early 20th century. Uh, he writes poems in Ladino, and I put music into one of his poems. Uh, there is a song uh, called um, O Meu Amado é Meu. I took verses of the poem of uh, the Song of Songs from King Solomon. And I translated them into Portuguese. So, and that's, uh, uh, it, it turns turned out to be a Brazilian song, but it's really uh, based on the lyrics of the Song of Songs. So, it's a variety. And then there's another poem in Yiddish by Abraham uh, Reicher, uh, and the, which I did just a song, just the, the melody for that. And... It's a little bit of a tango, so <laughs> it's a mixture. Wow. And obviously you do more than uh, just the Klezmer and Jewish music. You've got the CDs of other uh, jazz and, and uh, uh, Portuguese uh, songs. work songs. Yeah. So uh, tell me a little bit about those. Well, as I was telling you, when I came back to singing... Uh, I was sort of looking for my niche, my 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 space in the world, and uh, I came back doing some uh, classical music, then uh, and a little bit of jazz as well, where I, I had stopped before. Then um, I also had in me this uh, uh, um, how do you say this uh, bagaging this. Um, Bag of background of uh, fados, uh, Portuguese music. So one day I was in Portugal. I got in contact with the work of Florbella Espanca, poet from the early 20th century. Uh, she was an incredible woman. And the funny thing was, she was also, she wanted to be a lawyer, so she studied law. Uh, but then she wasn't allowed as a woman to have her poems uh, published. She wasn't allowed to practice law even. So at the end, she commits suicide in 1930. Uh, but this book fell into my hands from a shelf in a bookstore, and I fell in love with her poems. So I set a few of these uh, poems into music, and that was my first author of work. The CD is called uh, this, uh, An Encounter 
of with Florabelis Banca. The w- one of her main poems is called "To Love," so that's uh, the name of the CD. "To Love: An Encounter with Florabelis Banca." From that work, I started to receive through the internet poems from various Brazilian poets, young people, old people, but not so not so well-known authors who asked me to put music into their poems so that was became the second CD it's called Singraj Sailing Songs um, then uh, you know that to sell authorial work is very difficult so everybody insisted no Nicole you have to do something more commercial so Uh, and I was always very pro-women, <laughs> you know, feminist in a way. So, and I always wanted to make... Oh, and then I read a statistic that in Brazil, about 70% of the homes are supported by women, uh, which is unbelievable. Uh, to me, it sounds incredible, such a high percentage. I didn't never expected it. So... And a tribute to women, I decided to do this uh, research on various songs on this imaginary woman called Maria. Maria is a very typical name of Brazil. It's not just a saint, uh, not the Catholic religious aspect to Maria, but the uh, feminine aspect of Maria. Who's this Maria that every poet writes a poem about Maria, every songwriter has a song about Maria. Um, even Bernstein, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, and Cole Porter, everybody writes about Maria. So then that became album number three, which is singing about Maria, Maria's Uh, and it, I take there uh, one song from each decade of Brazilian songwriters, different Brazilian songwriters, um, and show the various types of Marias uh, portrayed in those songs. There's one, for instance, a, a very Brazilian, very, very uh, well-known Brazilian songwriter from the beginning of the 20th century also. His name is Noel Rosa. Uh, he writes about uh, when women started to smoke. Uh, so there was this Maria called Smoking Maria or Smoke Maria, uh, which is a very cute song, a choro called uh, Maria Fumaça, uh, Smoke Maria, <laughs> uh, Maria Ashes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's another song about uh, Maria Moita, which is a very quiet Maria because she's afraid of men because uh, her uh, mother used to be a slave. Her father was the slave uh, master. And her mother taught her that Marias shouldn't, be, shouldn't talk too much. They should be quiet because the world is going to be very bad to you if you talk too much, if you have too many demands. Um, I don't know. There's so many different Marias in that. Um, there's a sad story about a little Maria that is born uh, at the beginning of Carnival on uh, 
Friday of uh, that starts Carnival, and as many ch uh, children in Brazil, they die uh, very, you know, at birth or a little later. Mm -hmm. So this Maria dies on Wednesday of Ashes after Carnival. So it's a very short five-day life. So it's a very sad and beautiful song about Maria Carnaval and Ashes. Uh, there are many different yeah. Marias in that album, and uh, it's a tribute to women. And then, finally, I got uh, back to my my own environment, which is Jewish music, and uh, and out came this album, Cles Meriando, old and new songs, uh, Jewish songs in general. So, that's it. <laughs> that's... <laughs> wow, that's... Uh Quite a body of work you've assembled there with the four, four albums, right? So yes, the four albums and a few other collaborations here and there, and other albums. But right, you, we work with a lot of other musicians as well. Yes, 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 and uh, we also uh, direct. My husband and I also direct here this program at the Abraica, the cultural program of Sundays, and we do the Klesmer uh, Festival called Klestival. Uh, which I told you about, and uh, which has been a great, great honor to be in contact with so many great klezmer musicians from all over the world. It's unbelievable, and and like yourself, you, you we meet and you connect immediately to people that you've never met before, that you've never known before, but we have a common language right. and a common passion for that music. Uh, and speaking of common background, you, you went to uh, Klez Canada this last year, and last so you year. met everybody that I know from Klez Canada. Yes, I did, and I am very inspired by Sandy and uh, Hi Goldman, and also... Um, by the former uh, president, I think she was president of um, of the Class Fest in London, uh, who was also a great inspiration for uh, what we're trying to do here in Brazil. Uh, but it's nice; it's nice to be in contact and a great, great friend that I thank him tremendously is Frank London, who has been a mentor and a superb guide to this festival that we do and so many people to thank I don't know where to start <laughs> right, shout out to Frank hi Frank <laughs> Frank uh, he's, he's everywhere doing everything he's amazing he's amazing um, so tell me a little bit about the Jewish music scene in, in Sao Paulo or in Brazil in general what, what uh, what's going on with, with the Jewish music here well, it's very, very small scenario. There's not too much going on, unfortunately. Uh, people like it, but uh, it, it's also kind of uh, embarrassing to like Jewish music. Uh, you, there was My parents, for instance, they don't understand my liking of uh, Jewish music. Uh, they think Jewish music... So the, the, the Jewish revival has not quite reached Brazil yet, maybe? No, no. I think it's getting here about 20 or, what, 30 years after it's right, yeah. <laughs> happened all over the world. It's getting here now. Uh, maybe I would like to think that maybe we also have a part in that and trying to 
to to make it come through in Brazil. Um, but it's funny. My children don't like it. My parents don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's difficult. It's difficult. Yes. Uh, but I know that uh, some people in the U.S. and in Europe also think that way, that this is a past music. Uh, it reminds them of... Uh, Even though you're writing new music. Yes. You know, it's not just old songs. It's, it's new works as well. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I see in it. And that's the beauty of it, in my, in my opinion. Uh, the thing is, unfortunately, I think Israel produces very good music, but very Americanized music. Uh, so you cannot count uh, on the help of Israel to develop uh, in, in the klezmer path, mm. to go through the klezmer path. Klezmer Yiddish uh, in general. Klezmer right. Yiddish is a group of a particular group and... The funny thing is, I don't come from a Yiddish background. My family, nobody spoke Yiddish, really. I mean, my father's side of the family in the U.S., yes, they did speak Yiddish. Uh, my p grandparents came from Russia. Uh, so, yes, they did speak. But then they didn't speak to my father. So my father grew up in America speaking only English. From my mother's side, my grandparents were from Germany, and uh, Austria. And in Germany and Austria, uh, Yekes don't speak uh, Yiddish. They speak German. So my grandfather was a rabbi. Uh, we spoke Hebrew, a lot of Hebrew. My grandfather was a great rabbi and a great Zionist. And he really incentivated me to learn Hebrew and Hebrew songs, not Yiddish. So I'm having a rough time now learning Yiddish. And the funny thing is... <laughs> so so why, why now? What, what attracted you to learning Yiddish now? I guess I'm getting old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm growing old. Yiddish was always a language that made me laugh. Uh, it was always the language for jokes, for funny remarks. Uh, and for curses. And for curses, <laughs> right. Um, the singing sounded a little, little cheesy. Uh, it was more interesting to, sound, uh, to sing in Hebrew than to sing in, uh, in Yiddish. But then... First of all, as I said, I think Israel started, the, the Israeli songs became very pop and very Americanized and, and lost their original flavor. Uh, whereas the Yiddish, be, uh, with the revival, became something much more world ethnical mm. and world music than the Hebrew songs. And more cross-cultural, yes. really. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, um, I, I don't know, maybe I think now I see the beauty of Yiddish. And now I'm really chasing for that knowledge that uh, I haven't had. That, that I'm really trying to learn Yiddish, trying to learn more the, um, the expressions. Uh, and I'm really valuing it much more than I did in the past. Maybe that's part of growing old, I don't know. <laughs> It's a, it's it's a it's a wave. It's sweeping uh, sweeping the world, I guess, because uh, there is more more of that coming around. But uh, so, if uh, people want to find out uh, more about you, buy your music, or download your tracks, buy the CDs, um, where can they find it? Uh, they should. Uh, they can visit uh, the website www. 
I M J Brazil Brazil spelled with an S. I Instituto. Uh, let me spell it again. I M J Brazil with an S. dot com. dot br. That's the website of the Jewish Music Institute of Brazil. Uh, my own email is Nicole at nicoleborger.com.br Nicole is N-I-C-O-L-E at N-I-C-O-L-E-B-O-R-G-E-R dot com dot B-R and I also have my own website which is www.nicoleborger.com.br and so I've given you all the information I think I can Uh, but uh, please keep in touch with us. Let us know. We were, uh, we love to have people down here. We love to host people. Uh, I hope we we did. Uh, <laughs> how do you say? Reciprocate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hospitable to yeah. you. <laughs> And uh, I'm sorry if my English is not as good as it could be. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I lose a few words you're, here and there. You're doing great. <laughs> and I, I've had a, a wonderful visit, so I appreciate both of your uh, hospitality and showing me around the city and, and uh, showing me your beautiful uh, Hebraic facility here. Uh, the club, as you call it, it's uh, more like a resort, is what I would call it. <laughs> it is. It is. It's an incredible place. And uh, thank you for spending a few minutes uh, to, to talk with me for Klezmer Podcast, and uh, continue good success with with your music and and your festival and your activities here in Sao Paulo. Thank you so much, Keith. And I really enjoy the work you're doing. I think it's needed. Uh, the more we know people around the world that do and like Jewish music and klezmer, the more fun it is. <laughs> Sein die Zeit, fin Liebe und fin Schule. Doch kommen wird zu früh, zu spät, die Zeit, es ist kein Holen. Ich hör das Lied, fin Liebe, Fried, mächtige Gesangen, und jeder Ton fin Lied, so kommt die Sinne, so gegangen. Es ist die Nacht, die Welt erwacht, voll Hoffnung, Lust und Streben. Du hörst in Luft, der Stimme ruft, sie liegt und fried und leben.
Zeit, fin Lehre und fin Schule. Doch kommen wird sie früh, sie spät, die Zeit, es ist kein Hohle. Ich hör das Lied, fin lieber Fried, die mächtige Gesangen und jede Ton fin Lied sucht und die Sine säuft ergangen. Es ist die Nacht, die Welt erwacht, viel Hoffnung, Lust und Streben, du hörst in Luft der Stimme hoch, sie blieb und freut und Amigos, están escuchando Klesmer Podcast con la Orquesta Kef de Argentina, directamente desde Buenos Aires. Saludos. All right, I'm back. That was my interview with Nicole Borger of the group Klesmer 4 from Sao Paulo, Brazil. We heard the track Nova Cansayo and Dos Nai Lid from her album Klesmeriando, Novas e Velas Cansoyas. I'd very much like to thank Nicole for appearing on the podcast and for providing the track for us to listen to. Again, the website is klesmerpodcast.com and if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or if you have a band that would like to appear on the podcast or have your music played, Or if you have a recent or soon-to-be-released album you'd like me to review, please write to me at keith at klesmerpodcast.com. Again, the music heard on Klesmer Podcast is for promotional purposes only and is used with permission. So that's about it for Klesmer Podcast 107. Thanks for listening. Please stay subscribed. Tell your friends. And until next time, bye for now.